listening to Skylight, the Skylight Books podcast. Skylight Books is a general interest bookstore in the Los Feliz neighborhood in Los Angeles. You can shop with us from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. or visit us online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Follow along at Skylight Books Instagram and Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and now on to the episode. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to Skylit. This is the Skylight Books Podcast, and I'm your host, Lance Morgan. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Beth Morgan to talk about her new book, A Touch of Jen. But before I introduce her, I want to remind you that Skylight Books offers curbside pickup and online ordering on our website, www.skylightbooks.com. We're also fully open right now, and we're open from 10 to 10, so please come on by. Uh, we are, we're still requiring masks for unvaccinated customers, but if you're vaccinated, we're, your masks are optional, so come on. So please respect those rules and respect our fellow customers and employees. But yeah, we're, happy, we're excited to see you again. Beth Morgan grew up outside Sherman, Texas and studied writing as an undergraduate at Sarah Lawrence College. She is currently completing an MFA at Brooklyn College. Her work has been published in the Iowa Review and the Kenyon Review online. Beth, I'm so excited to have you. It's gonna be so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem, no problem. This is, look at the Morgans, we're the Morgans. I know, I know. (laughs) No, it's gonna be a great, Great episode. Um, so you have a reading for us today? I do. I do. This is just like a quick, like, probably like five minutes. This is from, um, this is from the second part of the book. So it's like a little bit, a little ways in. Um, this is after, um, this is after Remy and Alicia, the two main characters, they run into Jen, who is this girl that they're obsessed with on social media. And they, Jen, who hasn't seen Remy in a long time, asks him to go on this surf trip with her and her friends in the Hamptons. And so this is when they are going to meet Jen at her house in order to drive up to the Hamptons. Um, So that's basically, I think that's all the context you need. Um, All right, here I go. On Friday, they take a train and a bus to the address Jen provided. By 9 a.m., it's already hot, and they wander around a treeless row of warehouse apartments, sweat forming on their backs in the shape of their weekend bag straps. Alicia complains that she just got clean and now she's getting dirty again. I told you not to take a bath. I don't understand why you're obsessed with baths. It's part of a new project I'm doing, sort of a relaxation project. Remy looks at his phone. The dot that represents them overlaps with the destination flag, but they don't see a building with the correct number. The destination flag sits right in the middle of the street. I think that means Google Maps is guessing with this number and doesn't actually know. Don't you wanna know what the project is? You realize you're already putting on your fake voice? Can you please not do that thing where you meet new people and agree with everything they say? This is my normal voice. Just don't be like, yeah, I totally agree to everything everybody says. I've never seen you be the same way around other people as you are around me. Alicia says that isn't how she sounds. You think that because I act one way around you and a different way around other people that one of those is more authentic? Remy texts Jen that they're outside. And seconds later, Jen says she's standing outside, but they look around and don't see anyone. They're never out this early. They can hear the crack of a baseball bat hitting a ball, but they didn't pass a baseball diamond on the way. I'm waving at you, says Jen. They don't see anyone waving. Maybe it's an elaborate prank and Jen never wanted us to come in the first place, says Alicia. 
the blankness of this neighborhood with its blinding sidewalks and windowless warehouses and the place where Remy expected to see Jen is unbearable. He turns around and the dot turns too. This can't be right. After some back and forth, it becomes clear that Jen mistyped one of the numbers in the address. Remy says, the good news is that it's only a few blocks up. Alicia looks at him and he says, what? You're just so completely fine with her fucking up the address, says Alicia. She isn't angry. They get to the right address and Jen doesn't apologize. You're early, she says, although they aren't. Her hair is wet and she's wearing a long square piece of clothing that she might have just dropped over her naked body. Later, Alicia tells Remy it's called a caftan. The apartment is large and humid with high ceilings and a yellowed AC unit chugging in the corner. Beers sit on every surface. An abstract fiberglass structure hangs from the ceiling, swinging slightly, dirty where the sunlight hits it. In the living area, everything resembling dishware is in use as an ashtray. Did you guys have a party last night? Says Alicia. She looks at the kitchen area where polymer cutouts are scattered across a piece of plastic on the counter. The oven clock is very incorrect. What? Jen looks around. Feel free to sit wherever. Jen's default expression looks different to Remy than it was two years and seven months ago. She seems sleepier and more relaxed, like a koala. Her voice and intonation have also altered, either with age or a change in milieu. In a voice as drawling and fried as a podcaster, she says, Sorry, I just moved in and we're in the process of getting my boyfriend's useless ex-roommate to come and get his stuff. She says useless ex-roommate while smiling. She either really likes or sincerely hates him. I'm so excited to learn how to surf, says Alicia. Jen leans against the counter, responding to Alicia's small talk in an entirely different rhythm. She tells them about where they're staying and that her boyfriend teaches little kids in Montauk and the Rockaways sometimes, that he's actually great at teaching little kids. It's so adorable. They follow him all over the beach. I call them his groupies. So he's a surf instructor, says Remy. He works for his dad's company sometimes, and he's helping me with my jewelry business. But we're both trying to resist the social pressure to get real jobs. It's so fascist how society primes you to achieve self-actualization through these very specific avenues. I totally agree, says Alicia. Remy says, What's funny is when we worked together, you hated kids. No, I didn't. I just thought it was funny how much you hated kids. I just thought it was rude for parents to bring kids to a restaurant that's not kid friendly. But I actually like kids. You do, says Alicia. She looks at Remy. Her ass is on the edge of the couch. You'd be surprised, Jen. I've changed a lot. I actually love kids now. I always did. Okay, maybe don't shout about how obsessed you are with children while you're on this trip, Remy, says Jen. Remy smiles because Jen is smiling. He feels simultaneously bad and good. Jen tells him that Carla is also coming and recounts some of her antics at Velasco's. Remy maintains intense eye contact with her, but then to counteract this intensity, switches between staring into her pupils and staring at her feet. Is there something on my foot, says Jen lifting one foot and looking at the filthy soul. Wow, that was, oof, I, I'm in. <laughs> I feel like our, <laughs> our listeners all just like, we're like, wait, what? What's going on <laughs> more? No, that's, uh, how do you, how, like, I, I have so many questions for you. My first one I want to ask is, how are you doing today? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, uh, like my publication day is really soon. It's next week. And so like, I'm just really anxious all the time. Like I'm really excited, but I'm, I'm also kind of, kind of anxious, but I got the first hard copies of the books yesterday. And so it like feels really real now. Really? You're like, you're like, this is the, this, it's not my imagination. This is a real. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> and like during quarantine, it just like felt kind of like, 
you know, because I wasn't seeing anyone in person and this entire process of like selling the book and editing it was happening over email. I was just like, yeah, like I could be totally delusional. This could be like all in my head and maybe not really happening. Like but a, now I have the book. A quarantine, like dissociation, like, yes. Yeah. No, we've all been there. I came out with three movies and like- you, Sorry, um, what? I came out with three movies and won an Oscar during this. So I, who knows if that's real? Wow, wow, cool. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it was really exciting. Um, I thank the Academy. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, I mean, this is really exciting for our listeners. By the time this episode comes out, the book will be out. So don't even like, yeah. it'll be out. It'll be on the shelves. It'll be moving. Um, so what I want to ask you next, or what I want, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about how has it been you're currently in an MFA program, right? Um, I, I am like, I literally just graduated. So it was like, when we wrote this bio, I was like still sort of completing the MFA yeah. program. And like, it's sort of just because of like how weird the year has been. And just because like, it's an MFA, I guess there's no point where you feel like you're like graduated. It's, right. um, it's really just, uh, so it's like, I'm done with everything. So I guess I got an email that's like, you graduated. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm done. I know that that's, congratulations for one. Like, Thank congratulations you. To congrats, that's so exciting. Um, but yeah, no, I get that. Cause I, when I, when I got my grad, my MFA last August, it was like, congrats, you did it. <laughs> uh, where'd, you, where'd you get an MFA? I went to Florida State. Yeah, my oh, MFA. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I just like, I finished and I was just like, oh, I guess I'm done. I guess I have yeah. my degree. <laughs> cool. Here's the rest of my life now. Here's yeah. The rest of my life. Um, no, it, 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 but you do, you, you wrote this book in, during your MFA, right? Uh, kind of. I basically like, I'm just trying to think of like the exact timeline. I started my MFA before I had completely finished mm -hmm. writing it. And then I was, I think I was mostly editing it during my first semester mm -hmm. and then like two months into my second semester, I sold it. So, um, so it did, it did kind of, it was kind of like early on, but I did like get into the MFA program with an excerpt from this novel. I mean, and that's, I mean, like what, the two congratulations then. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that's like, that's, how was that process though? Of like, I mean, because I feel like the one thing from an MFA, especially a writing program, is that you're juggling X, Y, and Z projects while reading, while like reading other yes. people constantly, constantly. And then you're also focused on this book that like, I mean, did you did you go into the program being like, I, this book is going to come out. This is going to be the book that I'm going to write. Uh, no, I was like, I was like, oh, like, I'm, I'm way too confident that I'm going to be able to sell this book. Like, I'm just so overconfident. Like, like, I just, I really need to do this MFA program in case, you know, just to learn about how overconfident I've been and to sort of like, you know, like, uh -huh. I just, you know, like, it was very much like, I was, it was very much like I didn't expect to sell it. And, but then eventually, like, I finished the book, which I sort of was like, you know, you sort of don't expect that you're ever going to finish it. And then I did. And I was like, um, and then, I mean, basically I was, I was able to juggle all of those things eventually because I quit my job as a dog walker. That was like, really, it was like really eating my lunch. It was just like, it was so, it was so exhausting to be like dog walking and going to school at the same time. And I just didn't, I literally didn't have time to edit the novel while I was doing that because I would just like. I was also like, like Brooklyn College is like an hour away from me by train. So it was just, I was spending so much time traveling and I would always get there like really tired and hungry. And I'd been outside all day and like the rain or the heat or whatever it was. Um, so it was just like, once I, once I quit my job uh, and my partner supported me for like a few months um, while I sold the book, um, then it just, it just made everything easier. Well, shout so. out to your partner who, you know, shout out to them for yeah. helping you through this. That's a special shout out. That's all they get. No more. Yeah. <laughs> no more um, accreditation there. Um, no, that's, but that's, I mean, wow, the, the process of that, I mean, to like, I mean, that's such a, 
writer story too, you know, having to like put away all these other distractions to like focus on this, focus on this one. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, it's, it takes a village too, where you said like, you have to yes. like do all of this. Are you, and did, how, like with all, with school and with, um, you know, graduating too, do you feel like, how, how do you mentally take this in? Like <laughs> all of these different, you know, accomplishments too, but also like, you know, now I, I do feel like your brain is finally at rest for like a second. Oh yeah. I mean, it is and it isn't in a weird way. Like, you know, I just feel like it's like my anxiety is like at such a high level right now that I'm just kind of like, you know, it doesn't, even when nothing's going on, I'm like, oh, like I have to be busy. Like there's something that I'll find to be busy about. Um, yeah, I mean, how do I, how do I take it in? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's also like, I went through an MFA program and, and I feel it's so strange. Like they, people always say your writing is gonna change a lot over the course of an MFA. Right. And that was like definitely true. Because like I didn't, I was just writing so much by myself for so long. Um, and then I, I mean, I took a great course uh, called Crit with Tony Tulatamudi, where I like workshop some of the first pages of this, of this novel. But like, I didn't have like a writing community at all around me. So having that, just getting a lot of different readers and like, you know, reading the stuff that you have to read for class, which I normally might not gravitate towards. Um, it's, you know, it just like, it, it helped me. Um, I think I just like became a better reader over the past few years. And that's sort of helped me a lot in my, you know, in my writing now. It's really, I mean, I, I have fun reading this book out loud and I like have fun revisiting it, but it does feel so different from something I would write now, which is, I guess, kind of, kind of classic. I mean, it's, is it, do you feel like removed from it a little bit? Like it's now like a kid yeah. that graduated. Like, <laughs> oh, free, like go. Yeah, it's free, it's free. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that a little, a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I still like, I, I mean, there are just parts of it where I'm just kind of like, where? Like, I just don't really remember writing right. a lot of it, you know? And it's just like, where did that idea come from? And like, that's kind of funny. Like, what was I thinking about? Where did that, where did that come from or whatever? I mean, it's like a, it's like that, that idea that every seven years, your body like. Oh, it replenishes, yeah. Replenishes and you're basically a new person. I mean, like totally. you're, but that book kind of like is remnants of that old you, like yeah. thoughts you had that you might not have anymore. You see yeah. the time you're in. So that's, I mean, what a, what a, amazing feeling to be able to have for you to have that uh, yeah of yourself I mean that's so exciting but let's I feel like I've been talking uh we haven't we've been talking about your history with it but uh, yeah let's talk about the book because it's so exciting what what was your relationship to social media when you started writing this book because I feel like that's so important to this book <laughs> yeah and I didn't expect that at all. I was really just like, I, the social media thing, it was sort of something that kind of like, I noticed my editor was sort of talking about it in those terms and stuff. And I was just kind of like, I think just because social media is such a like, part of the fabric of my life, and I don't really notice it or think about it. I didn't think about it as a novel that has anything to do with social media. But like, it's, yeah, I mean, it is, it is just, like I, I like love Instagram. And so of course I was like thinking about things in terms of Instagram and like how, like I knew that I wanted an obsession of some kind. And I knew that I wanted a sort of like, like parasocial, um, it's parasocial kind of relationship. And Instagram is just like sort of the most, sort of the most like obvious avenue for that. But like, it's also, what's fun about it is that like clearly Instagram doesn't, it's not the same as interacting with someone in person because there's a disconnect between a person as they are when you're like talking to them and like the ways that they choose to present themselves, which are sort of like telling in their own ways. 
like the way that people decide to present themselves and what they want people to know or not know is like also a big part of um, a sort of your way of understanding people now. Um, and so like I was able to have, I, I was able to have fun with that. Although I don't think that I really noticed that I was seeking it out to have fun with it. Like while I was writing it, it just sort of like happened that way. Did you, did you like afterwards realize that you made this kind of social commentary though? Um, like, I feel like cause obsession is normalized now. The Instagram, yeah. <laughs> social media, I mean, even obsession is normalized. Like if I am stalking someone on Instagram and I told my friends, they won't, they'll probably be like, a lot of them will probably be like, oh, same, I've done that. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course, <laughs> well, like, yeah. Did you, did you, so did you see this commentary after you were writing it and realize, oh, wow, am I doing this? Yeah, I mean, uh, wow, it's, it's sort of a, uh, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't like go into it, like I'm going to write a commentary about social media. And in some ways I feel like the commentary in a way isn't about social media per se. It's really just kind of like, because of the reality we live in, this is the way that people sort of uh, enact and pursue their obsessions. Like, I think in some ways it sort of is more about the way that like obsessions get turbocharged by social media and by image culture than it is necessarily kind of like about social media specifically in some ways, or like, you know, not just obsessions, but like all of our intense desires, like everything that feels intense about life, you can sort of, um, like social media is just a part of how you interact with it. And that, I mean, cause I, it also like brings me back, I mean, into like classic stories like Misery or like- Oh yeah. Like the Stephen King novel, right? Novel, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and like, um, oh god, there was another one that I was, right? Like, like, um, there was, oh my god, there was this old movie, The Roommate. I don't know if you remember that movie with like the Roommate. It was like with Leighton Meester. It was like this old, old movie where like this roommate was obsessed with this like girl moved in with the she or she got a new roommate and this who got obsessed with her copied her. Wore her clothes and jewelry tried to steal her boyfriend and went crazy and tried to kill her at the end or whatever. Oh, um, cool. You know, just a normal story. Well, like, you're, you're, <laughs> you know, a classic story. Like, uh, yeah. Classic. No, but like, there's others. Like, I feel like this obsession with a, someone else's life story is so integral and like it, it updates itself, it evolves. Mm -hmm. Right now, like, yeah, the story in terms of social media, it's such a great way to tell it. Um, was there? My God, you're so right. Like the next the next update of the story is gonna be like someone who hacks someone else's brain. It's yeah. gonna be like, you know, like somebody's like, somebody's little like chip that they have in their brain. They're just gonna take it over. I thought you were- Yeah, maybe I'll just like write that. <laughs> Why wait for somebody else? I'll just do that. <laughs> well, this is the- the what's the sequel to a touch of gen two touches of gen <laughs> two gens two touches that's it that's the yes <laughs> and then it's just to be like and keep going from there like three gen like instead of a J yes three, uh, yes you got yes. a franchise in your hands um no i thought you were gonna say tiktok and i feel like there's definitely a tiktok story. oh there totally is i mean i am not equipped to write a tiktok version of that for sure <laughs> i have to do some research <laughs> that's a gen z story i seriously seriously I, um no this is i mean like has your relationship with social media changed afterwards like are you are you more terrified of it now <laughs> like are you just like i know i know what i'm doing i can handle this obsession now and be fine because i know the warnings um i guess i guess it's just made me sort of I guess it's maybe more self-aware or like more tuned in to my kind of emotional responses when I'm on Instagram. Like, I think sometimes I'll just be kind of like, and like this pure 
visual place where I'm just like scrolling or like looking at stories or whatever. And I'm not sort of like always removed from it, but I feel a little bit, I feel a little bit more aware of like my interaction with mm -hmm. it now where I'm like, oh, like I'm looking at this person's stories a lot. Like, hope that doesn't get out of hand or like, so, you know, something like that, you right. know, like I'm just more like, or like sometimes I, or I just feel very, I feel much more interested in like the choices people make about their presentation. Like, you know, like people who include a caption versus who don't, who put it in a story versus don't, like how other people interact with it and people who sort of like, I don't know, people with certain vibes, how they sort of articulate those vibes online. Like I'm, I'm like very interested in the choices people make in terms of their presentation. Yeah, uh, interesting, like, hmm. I, I mean, I like that personally, because I feel like that frames how like a lot of the, a lot of you, how you see social media um, play out. It just like, you're not thinking about it subconsciously a lot of the time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, this is just normal at this point, especially for like, I mean, younger people where it's like, they're kind of born into this world. I mean, we're- For I mean, sure, for sure. I was a MySpace kid. I was a early- <laughs> Kid. I was uh, I've been there but like yeah it yeah it gets it, it 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 does it's an interesting place to be um when you were like did you did you ever get to a dark place though when you were with writing these characters like Remy and Alicia no. <laughs> definitely like fall into like a like a what would they think here and then like you know <laughs> do some research and like what would it be like to be um obsessed with a, B, or C person. Oh man, did I like, I don't know, in a weird way, like, I think someone said to me the other day, like as a compliment, like, yeah, like your book really bummed me out. Like, it's really it's kind of like a bummer, but I loved it, which is like, great. That's so nice. But like, and I feel like there are definitely books that I read sometimes where I'm like, oh man like I would not want to be like spending the year or however long it took to write this thing because this just is like this is depressing you know and it's like I think everybody just has different um different thresholds for like what they sort of find with with like what topics they're able to approach in fiction um like for me I feel like in a way it was like the opposite of sort of getting into this dark place because I was in control of everything, you know, like I was definitely like, I was just making, you know, like this was, I had everything at arm's length. So it wasn't quite as, I, and then I could like, you know, close my computer and go and like live my life. And I didn't necessarily have to like, um, yeah, like it was, it just sort of helped me sort of, um, yeah, I was, I was just able to, because I had this control over the world and because I, you know, everything that was there was a result of a, like of a choice that I had made. Um, it just felt like a very safe way to interact with like those, so many of the feelings that the characters have of like loneliness or like isolation or desperation or conflict with each other. And, um, and like also obsession and like the desire to sort of like escape yourself you know, right. which are all like things that clearly I felt at certain times, but like in a way, because I was writing them, I was sort of able to, I was able to, to step back and not get sucked into those feelings. I mean, that makes that, sense. I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense. You're like the God of that world. So you're like, I yeah. <laughs> myself with the, the problems of these mortals so just create it just create the <laughs> no um the i mean i'm guessing you did a lot of rewriting and like working and editing on it during the pandemic like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which i feel like that's the time where i would be working on this book and say oh am i because i feel like everyone was doing a little bit of a like obsessive like assault although the only escape we had at some points for social media where i'm like Oh, this person has a beach house and uh I know. And this person has this person's how is this person in um I don't know, the Bahamas right now when yeah. they, like how are they trying like 
I kind of got into that. I got into that place. I know for myself. For sure. Yeah. Did that affect any of your writing there? Like the, the idea of escape during the pandemic? Um, I mean, it, it was, it's kind of sad in a way because I was mostly finished, like truly being inside the book and the editing was mostly like, it was like a few big decisions, but I didn't have to like immerse myself in the way that I did when I was like writing it, writing it. And right. like a lot of the rewriting had been done by the time that I sold the book. So like, obviously like I worked with my editor, uh, Jean at Little Brown and like, she was amazing. And, and, uh, like those were choices that I was definitely thinking about, but I was definitely like less immersed in the novel. And so I definitely wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't safe from those feelings. Like if I had had something to, I, if I had had like something to work on, I might not have felt like so trapped, but like I came out of this pandemic, like I need to learn how to drive again. Like this is, this is insane. Like I just can't get out of the city. Like I just don't like, or if I get out of the city, I have no way to like, drive around and see things. So like, this is definitely like, when I have time, that's what I'm doing is I'm like taking, I'm taking confidence lessons. Okay. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, like, oh, believe me, I get that. It's like, I need to leave. I need to get a, like, I needed to find any way to escape. Sometimes I was just driving around just to drive around, just to not. Yeah, be. for sure. Uh, but like, do you think you would have, after coming out of that, like changed anything in the novel to like reflect your time in the pandemic more? And not in like mm. a, like it's like a, in like a more, oh, I gained this new perspective from like mm -hmm. being trapped in my house for a year. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because like when I wrote the book, I felt very like distinct from Remy and Alicia for sure. I was like, you know, they definitely felt like, I just, I wasn't, I was sort of like, I mean, I don't, I'm not an actress and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll never be an actress, but I sort of imagine that like what it's like to be an actor is that you, um, is that you sort of get in this space where you access certain emotions that are present in yourself and you recruit them into the, into the, um, into your, into your portrayal of a character. And like, I think that it was definitely for me felt like very much like, yeah, I'll, I'll access these things and I'll kind of channel them, but it was, it was not, um, but it definitely felt like stuff that I needed to access. Like I needed to like get there and do a lot of thinking and sort of sitting with it in order to sort of get closer to those characters. But like definitely because of the pandemic, I feel way more in touch with the types of feelings of loneliness and isolation that like they experience in the book. Like I definitely was not quite as in touch with those as I was like over, you know, the year when like I was barely seeing anybody for sure. And like, I don't know that I would have changed anything cause it's just so hard to, it's so hard to really like look at those things and see, you know, it's so hard to look at those things with fresh eyes. Like I, I have a really tough time looking, looking at it with fresh eyes. No, I, um, I fully get that. I, it's yeah. like, it's, uh, it's like, oh, I don't want to revisit. I, I finished. I don't want to revisit that. I, no, yeah. I, I, I did my, I did all the work. I mean, I mean, I have to like think again about it. Oh. Yeah. I have to refresh my, no, I'm good. Um, no, that, I mean, I feel like, I mean, like, what, what would you think Remy and Alicia, how they would have handled the pandemic? Oh my gosh. I mean, oh my gosh, how would they have handled it? Like, it's hard for me to, like, I don't know that they could have handled their feelings of isolation worse than they handle it in this book, <laughs> frankly. Okay. So, like, I shiver to think what they would have done had been, had they been, like, had things been even worse. Right. Um, yeah, they don't even know. Do you think they would have like respected it or would they be like those friends that you see like, oh, you're traveling during the, why are you on a plane right now in the midst of like the worst time in the pandemic to travel or would they? <laughs> well, they like, they do work in service. So they'd probably just be kind of like, yeah, like I'm basically working. So, you know, like I'm kind of out in the world. It's right. just like, you know, so they probably, yeah, I mean, would they have respected it? Uh, uh, wow, yeah, like, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I, cause I feel like I did know some people in service who were just kind of like, well, I literally am out in the world every day. I have to work every day. Tons of people aren't wearing masks. I basically feel like my life is kind of the same in a way. So yeah. like if they were still working in service, they might have a sort of like similar, similar I, reaction to that. Do you think Jen would still be like, you know, out and about and living her life? Oh yeah, of course, of course, hundred percent. The sad thing is I'd probably be like obsessing over her too. I'd be like, oh my God, she's in, look at, I'd like be zooming to the pictures. Like, is that like a, is that like a villa on in the water in the back? Yes. <laughs> Is it like uh, so? Put a celebrity name here in the background, like mm -hmm. in the reflection of her glasses, like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's like, I mean, yeah, that it's it's a dark thing that we all can like accessed. I feel like at one point or another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But because um, what else was there to do? What else was there? To yeah. Do? Read. Who was reading? I'm joking. We were all reading. Um, <laughs> Um, no, it's, I, I feel like this book is going to like resonate with a lot of people though right now, especially coming out of this, coming mm -hmm. out of this time and like coming into like a, you know, a new wave of uh, en enjoyment. No, that's not the right word. Like a new wave of like, we need to be out there and doing stuff right now. Mm -hmm. We're gonna be seeing this like, oh, I need to be like Remy and Alicia going <laughs> out there and making these decisions. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't feel right. That <laughs> <It> doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel like, okay, but like, I feel like that's what's gonna happen um, right now. And your book, I feel like will encapsulate the time very well. Did you- Wow, I really hope you're right. <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll quote it. I'll put a quote. All right. Do you, do you like, do you, how do you think like this should be taken right now? Like the story of like escape and like escaping one's life after like when we're literally escaping like this crazy time. Oh, wow. I didn't think about it in terms, in those terms, in terms of like escape. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in general, I just am sort of like, you know, I, I feel sort of like I'm not equipped to sort of like say how it should be taken in some ways. Like I definitely feel that I've been really excited and pleased by the way that people have like, by like the way that early readers have come to me being like, well, this is what I thought about it, or this is how I took that, or this is, you know, like people have different interpretations of it, which is just ideal. Like that's, that's really, that's really like what I, the type of you know response that I hope people have um because like everybody has their own kind of like their own kind of perspective into the book like in terms of like what they what they relate to or what they don't relate to or um yeah in terms of escape well um, even in terms of that like I'm and what your book, I think, talks about is like the darkness of escape, mm -hmm. like the, mm -hmm. the darkness, which is again very relatable to right now because there's gonna yes. be like, like because I feel like a lot of the book, the stuff I'm gonna see is like, yay, we escaped, we made it through, mm -hmm. all positives. Where your book is like, oh, this is a story of escape, but like the negatives and ramifications of what that could mean and how like the accountability of it too, you know, mm -hmm. um, this, which I feel like is also an important part of like uh, the narrative of like what's happening right now too. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I might, I, I might have to think more about how it like relates to escape specifically. I think just because I am so my patterns of thinking about the book are just so set at this point. And right. it's like, sort of like the way that I often, the way that I look at the book is sort of being about, uh, like maybe less about escape for me and more about self-actualization and trying to achieve your goals. You know, it's about this sort of individual pursuit of what you want and like taken to an extreme that's like, oh, I am going to get what I want, even if that is like, you know, possessing another person or something. It's like, it's very like, it's, it's sort of a, um, 
yeah, I guess, I guess the book takes to an extreme this idea of kind of being in charge of your own fate and being in charge of your own life and making the decisions that will get you where you need to go and get you to your goals. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like it's, it's very much about how, you know, how pursuing your goals mm -hmm. so single-mindedly and this sort of like, uh, this idea of self-actualization is just so, it can be so narcissistic right. that it has, that you, you may lose sight of the world around you and the people around you and like the toll that your personal journey takes on the other people around you. Mm -hmm. No, I mean that, yeah, that like, that just, see, yeah, that's, I feel like very important right now. That's gonna, that's, I feel that's, an, that's something I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about too, in terms of <laughs> what's happening right now and how also I'm contributing to that too. And I feel like readers of your book and listeners, hopefully for the audiobook, right? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, readers and listeners, they will see that. They will see, um, they will see themselves in their decisions and other people's decisions around them in that kind of mm -hmm. person. Uh, so I have, so lastly, the last thing I want to do is something fun. I want to do a fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. Um, if you yourself were to have your own gem, like mm. this person you would obsess over on Instagram. Mm -hmm. this, hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically, hypothetically. There's another yeah. person. I mean, we don't have people <laughs> in our lives who I'm just, who I have saved and bookmarked and I'm like scrolling. <laughs> God, God, no. Um, what would that person, who would that person be for you? What would, what would be the qualities that you're like, I need to keep looking at this person? Oh my God. Um, I have noticed consistently that the people who I get obsessed with are people who do dangerous sports. Um, so like, or people who are like, people who are like really like living life on the edge or who are like, um, you know, like dirt bike riding or, um, you know, just like, oh man, I don't even, I don't even know. Just like, you know, or horseback riding or something like that. Things where like, you know, it makes me anxious cause I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't do that because like, you know, even if I wore a helmet, I could still die. Yeah. You know, like that's the type, like, I think what I really enjoy like what I sort of like to see and live vicariously is this kind of like, is this kind of like relaxed, like effortless approach to life, you know? And I just would like, I would love to be able to just be kind of like not anxious about like something terrible that could happen to me if I, you know, if I like, if I tried something dangerous or like to just like be like totally unconcerned about, about, you know, whether I live or die, man, like that would be like, that like those are those are generally the types of people who I'm sort of like interested in and kind of like and kind of you know. No, that I think of when you say that those people who like dive off of like climb up a cliff and like mm -hmm. jump off just for fun, just to like take a video of it. Yeah. I'm just like, like oh my god, <laughs> I like see my life my life flash before my eyes when I'm watching yeah. it. What do you? Would you? What would be like that point? What would? I feel like. Well, would you ever like get to that place though, where you're like, I need to follow them. I need to go, maybe I'll do this one thing or they're inspired. Oh of course not. Of course not. <laughs> That's official. What do you mean? I would never. <laughs> <laughs> you know that? I mean, like, like that would be, I, cause I think for me it would be like, I, when I think of that person I obsess over, it's like those rich, pretty boys mm -hmm. who are married because they married they found like the love of their life in quotation marks mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. who are like older rich people and all they do mm -hmm. is sit by the pool and be beautiful and that's it that's their job it's just beautiful yeah. and it's like oh I want that I'm like I want that so bad yeah but, I think part of the fantasy is sort of like the effortlessness yeah. right? right it's like that's definitely like what I'm drawn to is like the idea of like being effortless yeah. Because some people are just so, so good. There are some true like Instagram geniuses out there oh, yeah. where like they look like they're not trying at all. Mm. They're just kind of like, oh, I guess I'll post a picture of yeah. this thing that I did. Like, 
I don't know, I guess if I can be bothered. But then if you look closer, you can just see that it's very carefully constructed that like there, like that some people are just really good at like seeming effortless while really like putting a ton of effort into their presentation. This, and it's, it's a production. It's a full, For sure. it's a full, I, I once, um, and I won't say any names. I once <laughs> talked to an author and like they they had a whole full production behind them and I was impressed. And they they nice person. I have nothing, but I was just like very like, oh my God, they have a staff. A staff of people working for them. Hair, yeah. like makeup, lights, sound. I was just like, what is happening? Like I'm on my computer in the corner of my room, like a like a hunched over maniac, like who's, I feel like I'm not supposed to be there. Like they're gonna kick me out cause I'm like not <laughs> presentable enough, but I'm just like, it's, it's, it's crazy how like much, and especially like this past year where we're like, it's all technology only. It's been like Zoom, it's been mm -hmm. IG Live for a lot of people. It's been um, all of these things. And I'm just like, and it, they're they're they've adapted these people who like who can't show off in that way they're like they seem effortless it made it even easier to do it over this past mm -hmm. year and i just know it, it's they're like oh i'm lo-fi now like i'm just like home by myself like i'm i'm doing everything myself i am i follow um a celebrity gay couple and everything they do is very like, oh my God, we were just like cooking and like just the, the cameras <laughs> went off, I guess. And like, we were just, look at us. We're like having a, we're, what is it? We're like just randomly hanging out by the pool and we just look beautiful right now. Why is our hair done like this? I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, what? Are we supposed to believe? At some point, I just want these people to, um, be themselves just to tell the truth i want to see what would happen if would anything change if they told the truth about how much work went into it i don't know no it, it would just be like a new aesthetic right like the i think the aesthetic would change is that like it's just sort of like like the appearance of like appearing and i mean i guess that's sort of part of the constant like mm -hmm. that's the part of like the constant sort of change in presentation is right. that like the idea of authenticity sort mm -hmm. of alters progress right. like like over time but also just depending on like who you're following or who you're looking at and like what a particular milieu values right um, and it's yeah and i feel like if it all came out that like it was all fake people would be like wow that's honesty <laughs> yeah you're right it would be like that's authentic <laughs> authentic and lot in telling us how they're lying to us about their own about mm -hmm. authenticity it's the yeah and at that point my brain would just explode i'd be like well the it doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> I am going crazy. Fine, <laughs> take me away. Um, no, that <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, well, I, I this was a fantastic conversation. I feel like we had so much fun and we got. So yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a fun conversation. Beth, this was great. We're as a, as we said before, we're the Morgans. We have to support each other, right? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. So um, <laughs> I mean, like a touch of Jen is, it's just like uh, what a book, what a book you went through. Also, congratulations on having the Carmen Maria Machado um, blurb. I read that. I was like Carmen. I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah. Like. To write it, honestly, I'm like, I know that was my reaction. It's like, I oh my god, I just like, I would I would write a book for her to just blurb it, and then I'd be like, this was fake. I'm done now. I didn't even really want to write this book. I just <laughs> I wrote. Well, congratulations for living my dream. You are my Jed now. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, okay. That's the highest compliment. Highest compliment. <laughs> and I, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, and if you hear like a scratching outside your window, that's just me. That's fine. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Uh, I have to feel like listeners. I'm not going to stalk her. It's not happening. Just. <laughs> uh, but no, it it just the book was great. It just it seems like, especially with Remy and Alicia and um, just like their obsession, but also you like being honest about their insecurity. Cause I feel like a lot of times that's the, that's the missing piece. It just mm -hmm. felt very, it just felt very, to use that word, we just use authentic again. 
Oh, good. <laughs> I like that honesty and um, how far a person could like go down this rabbit hole. Um, but like, yeah, it just, listeners, go out and buy this copy of this book. It's fantastic. You will have a fun time. I like... I feel like you'll it's it's fun in the way that you read like you watch a thriller you're like oh my god I <laughs> next I don't want them to it's like you're like yelling at the book like don't do this don't make this decision don't do this <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is my recommendation go read this book because you oh, are thank you thank you no no problem and I um my uh, last thing to you do you have anything to say to the independent bookstore community as a whole or even like your your specific independent bookstore that you go to oh i mean i'm just like i mean what can i say i'm just so happy that they're back and i just like love being back in real bookstores and um yeah i mean you should buy this book at an independent bookstore that's for sure you heard heard that from the author independent bookstores only that's it Mm -hmm. like nowhere else don't go buy it and you can listen and the audiobook too is gonna come out too with the next week right yeah i think so i mean i should me like not knowing i'm like yeah i think so (laughs) but sure yeah okay yeah (laughs) sounds right (laughs) and you can also get that from um libro fm which is our um independent bookstore audiobook service so yeah you have no excuse not to go to an independent bookstore for this book and it just it's I hope everyone goes out and buys it well thank you again Beth um you can go you can right now right now this second that you're listening to this podcast a touch of Jen is on display at Skylight Books so run don't walk run to pick up a copy of this book that we have on display and yeah Beth thank you again Beth Morgan's A Touch of Jen you can you can also order it online at www.skylightbooks.com and come on by to pick it up well and just have such a fun time with this book um Jen I mean (laughs) (laughs) listeners I said it and just like I just like down I was like I'm done (laughs) oh yeah you are my Jen now I feel like that's you are I am obsessed uh um, please please tell I feel like I want this as a story I will be telling people I'm like I called her Jen in the end of it she was terrified she ran away she was like she called the cops and this person's <laughs> honestly like not the first time that it's happened it's all good totally good I mean I'm yeah that as a compliment we said that you are oh I do I do <laughs> Um, Beth, Beth, thank you again. And to all the listeners out there, you have a beautiful and wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.